up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 21 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where four lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today by the devil of Trump's kitchen, Mr. Andy Brown. <laughs> hey, what? Oh, shit, dude. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the edge lord with the heart of gold, Mr. Robert Thompson. Hey. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and the guild master himself, Mr. Sean Bartley. Hello, hello. <laughs> How's everybody doing this week? Pretty good, pretty good. It's football season. I got my, my two computer setup going, my illegal stream of uh, the Arizona Colts, <laughs> Arizona Cardinals at Indianapolis Colts game because I'm not paying for Sunday ticket and that game's not on TV here. But like, I'm still watching the commercials, so I feel like it's okay. <laughs> so so Andy is currently documenting himself doing a crime just in case he ever gets caught. <laughs> it's fine. It's all good. Anybody else incriminate themselves this week or no, oh, no good. that's not good. Don't want to incriminate yourself. <laughs> all right, uh so before we kick off the show with what we've been playing this week, I did want to take the time real quick to plug our brand new show. Pals Play. It's a Let's Play show Thompson and I have been uh, working on for the last couple months. We're finally debuting it. The second episode should be out today. I'm going to, I think we're probably going to put up Life is Strange for day two. So go check that out. Oh, spoilers. Jeez. <laughs> oh, God. Spoilers for the video <laughs> they probably already saw if they're watching this on yeah. YouTube. Anyway, please. Yeah, we've been working on this show for like months. Uh, we're very excited to be rolling it out. It's going to be a daily show Monday through Friday. So uh, if you're into Let's Plays, go check them out. Yeah, we also like video games. <laughs> <laughs> um, so who wants to go first this week? Anybody have anything particularly exciting they've been playing? I do, I do, I do. All right, um, get Andy. Sean, I haven't bothered you about it yet because you haven't bought a Switch because they haven't announced Smash Brothers for it. That's right. But during this week's <laughs> Nintendo Direct, they showed off some more footage of Square Enix's Octopath Traveler and then said there will be a demo immediately available immediately after this Direct. So I downloaded it. It's a lot of fun. Um, I'm getting, from the art style, the world, the storytelling, I'm getting serious Final Fantasy VI vibes. And the combat system exists somewhere as, like, they threw Persona or Shin Megami Tensei in a blender with Bravely Default. And oh, damn. No, the battle system looks so cool. Like, I haven't d done the demo myself yet, but just from the trailer, it looks really yeah. interesting. The battle system's a lot of fun. Every enemy has, like, weaknesses and shit. You figure them out, um, and you every time you hit them with their weakness, you break their guard a little bit more. And so, like, weaker enemies only have one shield, so if you hit them with their weakness, you can just keep them down forever. Stronger enemies will have bigger shields, so you have to, like, whittle them down and then save up for the really big attack. And then, like Bravely Default, each turn you get, uh, I forget what the points are called, but you get like a charge point. And then I think you, they're called BP? Yeah, something like that. But you, um, you can spend it to just do your basic attack extra times to wear down those big fucking shields. Or you can use it to charge up one of your special attacks and do like 1800 damage in one attack. It's hella fun. I'm about halfway done it. I finished the story part of one of the two paths they give you. And I'm going to start the other one probably tonight. Awesome. Yeah. Because they, they give you all eight, right? Like, you can do a, a taste of each one? No, or... you can do a taste of two of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it the dancer and it's the fighter? the dancer or... and the knight, yeah. Okay. Um, cool. And the knight is pretty traditional, like, JRPG knight storytelling. Like, 
it starts with a flashback of his kingdom being overtaken and his king being betrayed, and now he's living in a small village under an assumed identity. You know. <laughs> you know, Classic. standard RPG stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but um, then, but like, wait, so, and then his thing is that he can challenge anyone to a yeah, duel, Yeah, he right? can walk up to anybody in the game and challenge them to a duel. Like, every one of these characters has a unique mechanic like that. Um, the dancer can, like, seduce people into doing stuff, but the Ulbrich, the knight, yeah, he can walk up to anybody, press Y on the Switch controller, and challenge them, and, like, some people won't accept, but, like, most of them will. (laughs) (laughs) So you can fight, like, every character. Children, old ladies, the mayor of town. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. It's a lot of fun. Strong recommendation to anybody who's on the fence about it. And uh, similarly, I spent a little bit of time with the Etrian Odyssey 5 demo that got released after the Direct. Um, Atlas's new dungeon crawler RPG is uh, set to come out later this year, I think. I think you're right. It's already out in Japan. Uh, I really liked Etrian Odyssey 4, and I'm going to probably pick that up. Cool. So that's it for me, other than the usual. Played some League, played Dungeons and Dragons, all good times. Nice, nice. What about you, Shawnee? Uh, so for me, um, between being pretty sick for the last two weeks uh, and trying to catch up on some other, you know, stuff that I have to do, uh, my leisure time for gaming has been cut to pretty much just my weekly nine hours a week obligation in WoW. Um <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um, whenever I could catch a game of Heroes, but that was very, very, like, minuscule this week. Uh, so, yeah, n- nothing really to report. Cool. And you guys still working on that seventh, or what is it, eighth boss eighth now? Eighth boss, yes, yes. Um, yeah. So, the hurricane that devastated Florida devastated us, because uh, we have a number of uh, players who um, play from Florida, and so they were not able to play this week. So that kind of oh, set wow. us back a little bit. Um, obviously, we're still working on the boss, but when you lose when you lose out on players who are a part of your twenty man, um, and then you have to either sub in people who normally wouldn't be in for the boss, or you know do some weird things like that. We definitely lost time this week, but uh, should be back to normal this coming Tuesday. So, does your guild have people that are not like in your top twenty that you sub in, or do you just like? have to get in randos like people you know that aren't in the guild or something uh at at this level of play you can't really invite random people um just because they're not they're not gonna be able to keep up Uh, does your guild have like a b squad no so we have like 24 people on the team and you kind of just bring in whatever's necessary for the fight you're doing um some people they play a class that's not so good right now and that's their prerogative, but it also means that they're not going to be first pick when we're trying to put the roster together because they're not going to do the damage or they don't have the utility or some combination of those things that makes them less desirable for a particular fight. And so they, you mm-hmm. know, they know that they, they're comfortable with that. But then when people are missing for a night, uh, for whatever reason, or they're screwing up mechanically and I can't stomach it, then we bring in somebody who. <laughs> somebody who's not necessarily in on that fight and they get the opportunity to show their stuff so this week is it hunters are hunters the bad class hunters are phenomenal right now is oh, it paladins 
Um, I play a paladin. I play a holy paladin. Um, who, who so it's definitely paladins. Well, ret, ret <laughs> paladins, the DPS class, and then protection paladins, the tank class, are garbage. Holy's the only good one, and holy is always good, and so that's what I play. Word. Yeah, holy's what's, always what's, good. That's the one Sean plays. That's right. <laughs> what's the bad one right now? Is it warlocks? Uh, warlocks are, are pretty good. The bad classes right now, um, shaman. Except for uh, healing shaman, um, what's the joke? Let's see, what's the meme class right now? <laughs> the meta meme class. Uh, the meme class right now is probably probably feral druid. Although they're kind of on the come up, but feral druids are are a meme right now. All right, it's because druids. they're needlessly <laughs> complex. Thompson, how would warlocks be bad? The game's called World of Warlocks. <laughs> Well, I don't know, because when I was playing, when I, you know, years and years ago, they were great, so I figured, you know, I haven't played in, like, a decade at this point, they're probably shit. So. Warlocks, they're consistent. They've, they've been consistent throughout the years. Nice. I remember when I used to play, Hunters were definitely, like, always underpowered, so I'm glad to hear that they're, like, in a good spot. There you go. You just reminded me. Okay, the real meme is Survival Hunter. Survival Hunter is... <laughs> <laughs> That's the true yeah, meme. that's the meme because it's a... So, you know, hunters are traditionally a ranged class. Well, Blizzard sure. thought it was a good idea to craft a hunter spec that is a melee class. And it, <laughs> it's not good. It's underpowered. It's a joke. You only play it if you, for some reason, hate your life. Um, <laughs> or you want, like, a challenge that will go nowhere. Um, it's you want to drag other people down. It's like training <laughs> to fight a brick wall. Like you're gonna lose. You're wasting your time. It's not. It's not good. Not good. So that's what you've been oh, playing. Son of a bitch. Yeah, well, I've not been playing Survival Hunter. Never that. I'm playing World of War. What are you, Thompson? I. I can before I start. I can just imagine you making like really just uh, like low key scathing YouTube videos, you know, about like how to play World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> how not to play? Can that be a series you do, Sean? How not to play WoW? I, I mean, listen, I can only tell you one way to play WoW, and that's the good way. That's fine. That's uh, what I'm talking about. Bad way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I avoid that. I stay away from that. I don't do that. So yeah, yeah. I can only tell you one the next way. series of Pals plays. Pete brings back in his old school hunter from ten years ago. Oh my and god! Sean play yes. wow. Sean, we have to stream. We'll take that. what level are I'll, you? Like fucking forty. Okay, <laughs> we'll take you from le from a level forty scrub to a nine of nine mythic top US <laughs> one fifty guild uh, in a span of two months. Let's do it. <laughs> Oh my god, wait, no, my hunter's not even at 40, because I stopped playing him and rolled the Drain I Mage in BC, and he's the one I got to 40. So if we use my hunter, he's at like 20. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's do it. No. It's too daunting. <laughs> I can't say that I will participate in this, but I'll definitely watch. I, I, you know what? I don't like to, do I don't like the to book the shows live, but... Uh, Pals play the four of us level up characters from level one to one ten. Hey, that sounds like fun. Yo, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, I've played that in so long. Can we play? Can we find a? Can we find us? Uh, what is it? Private server and play vanilla while Sean? No, no. <laughs> even I know. Don't do that. Come on. Definitely not. <laughs> That's your god. Um. 
yeah so like you know I, I didn't really play anything this week man i played PUBG and like you know uh a couple rounds of other scrolls legends that's like literally it well and well, we play can games with you. talk about the games we're playing on pals play. yeah so Played i play games with you <laughs> um and recently we were playing dishonor i don't know if that was like this week as well i don't know if it was still like that's, in the, the loop that's over. like a week or two ago at this point but yeah wait, but yeah that's, those are some games i played that's it thompson mentioning PUBG reminds me i want to humble brag a little bit i squad match chicken dinnered uh the other night nice oh nice the notable thing was i pacifist chicken dinnered i came out alive i didn't die but i also didn't hit or kill anyone that's awesome hey dude i did the exact same thing with uh with our our friends of the show ozzy and casey the other day three-man squad i didn't get a single kill casey got like six ozzy got like four and we won and just sitting there like, well, I contributed nothing. This is great. <laughs> and I helped. Um, likewise, though, if if we can humble brag a little bit, I only played two rounds last night. And the first round, I got to the top four. And so it was just two, for two, two v two and we lost. And then the second round, we just straight up won. So two rounds, two amazing runs. Nice. Just getting really fucking good at that game now. Let's get you. Um, I actually got back into PUBG a little bit with you <clears> this week, too. And we played together a couple of times. It was the first time I had played in a while. Uh, yeah, and then Pete, I played Pete, a game. Every time you play with me, we do so bad. I don't know what it is, but yep. like we just fucking get annihilated. And then like the moment you left, I played another game and I got to like number five. <laughs> and it's literally never my fault. Like, I know. We were playing know. the other night. Like I literally just followed Thompson and yeah. I got killed every time. I know. Like we were on a. All right, so we're on, we're on a speedboat, right? Thompson's like, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go and land in this area, get all this stuff on the other side of the map where no one is, get in a boat, and then we'll go to the circle. And I was like, all right, cool, sounds like a good plan. Yeah. As we're going into the circle, I'm the one person of the three people in our boat that gets murdered. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. got I got sniped and died. Everybody else gets away <laughs> without getting shot. Yeah, we're driving a fucking car. Our pizza in the back, you know, or like you know, whatever seat you're in, and again, same shit. We're we're driving, everything's fine. Pete gets popped out of the car, where he's just dead. Dead, yeah, just dead immediately. We, and I fell really, in the water and drowned. The plan always works. It's just that Pete dies along the way. And, and then and, literally so. the next game we played, I'm on a I'm on the back of a motorcycle with Thompson. He flips the bitch and gets in, but lands, and I'm the only one that takes damage. Yeah. He's totally fine. Bike spins out. I take half my health. Gone. Yeah, I I, I fucking. What's the other thing too? You were trying to get into the car, we didn't move, and then you got like stuck under the wheel for a second and took like a third of your health out. Yep. I'm sitting in the car, I'm like, get in. He like hops in and like loses a third of his health bar. I'm like, oh okay. I <laughs> <Good laughs> started driving as my character was getting in the car yep. and I almost died. Yeah. Everything's fucking great when he plays. <laughs> we fail miserably. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, uh so I started just making a lot of jokes like Thompson was like my drill sergeant and he got me killed in the line of duty. And I was like, I hope I haunt you. I hope you make it home to your wife and child and you see me in his face every day. <laughs> Except for like one game, I survived to the like the last player every time pretty much. And then you were just sitting there watching like, God, you suck. Just die. <laughs> I'm sitting there playing Poyo Poyo Tetris, which I picked up brand new this week for 25 bucks on sale. <laughs> Man, nice, you are shameless. still talking about Poyo Poyo Tetris. I didn't bring it up on the show yet. Okay? Oh, true. true. I, yeah. I fucking love Poyo Poyo Tetris, man. I'm playing it all the time. I wanted it since launch, and like it was finally on sale for like a reasonable amount of money for a puzzle game. And I've already played it for like four or five hours. It's been awesome. I you say a re- a reasonable amount of money for like a puzzle game, but like I want to say puzzle games are worth money maybe not arcade puzzle games like tetris or poyo poyo but like oh yeah 
I I got the witness as part of the humble freedom bundle. Mm. That was a forty dollar game. Yeah, that was a forty dollar game that I got with like a hundred other games for thirty bucks to the ACLU. And I would have paid forty for it if I knew it was as good as it is. Oh yeah, I'm not like trying to make like a commentary on puzzle games or anything. It's just like I do think sixty bucks for like Poyo Tetris is like a lot. Yeah. But twenty five I was totally happy to pay that much for it. You can play fucking Tetris and Facebook, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, I can get Tetris for free, man. <laughs> right. I do love Tetris. Oh my god, I love it. I love Poyo too. Like I'm not good at Poyo Poyo, but like I've been having a lot of fun like learning the like strategy of it and Poyo Tetris, like the mixed mode that they have you do is like the craziest thing I've ever played. That's cool. It's, it's like very disorienting, but it's like really cool because it's just super challenging. You know, you have to think in like two games at once. So, Pete, are you practicing? Oh yeah, dude, I'm gonna fuck you up. Good, good, good. I I, I wait for the <laughs> challenge, honestly. <laughs> so my strategy is to like be like uh, Goku when he's he's training for a uh, cell and not really train at all, and uh, then still whoop your ass. <laughs> all right, well, I'm gonna be Gohan and be the one who actually comes in and saves the day. I'd like to see. Dethrone me in Tetris, come on. I'm gonna whoop you, alright? I've been playing last time we faced off in Tetris, I hadn't played it in like a year. I'm I didn't either. You think that I'm sitting there like practicing Tetris? You don't lose a skill (laughs) like that. It's not even like riding a bike. That's you know, that's that's something you don't forget, man. I have to say, I really I really believe in Thompson's ability. I don't know what it is, (laughs) but Thompson just gives me this vibe that he's a god. (laughs) <laughs> I just, I, that's just how I feel. I think Thompson could pick up any oh. game. I, re- I really believe that. It's true. It's true. And that's the thing is like, that's why I have to train to fight him. Is that like, Thompson is like ridiculously OP at most games. And like, I swear to God, whenever I beat him, it's like, it's such a <laughs> legit sense of just like pride. Like, and, and you know the greatest thing is like I always am so happy when someone beats me because I'm like I have a challenge like let's do this you know <laughs> like I have a reason to to try like really try on something you know Beerus over here you know because I'm like picking up new games and I want to learn them so like when someone's like oh let's try you in, in, in fucking Tetris I'm like Tetris that's like 10 years ago for me but let's bring that shit up let's try it you know alright well get ready baby because I'm gonna fuck you up alright perfect <laughs> alright T-Dog I'm gonna throw down a challenge to you on the stream oh no I don't this? know. We'll have to find one that we both haven't played. Okay. Fair. Competitive yeah. point and click adventure. Oh, you win. I, <laughs> you got it. The only one I could maybe stand a chance in is like the fucking Star Wars Rebel Assault because there's like point and click elements and like I used to play the shit out of that when I was a kid. So I kind of remember it. <laughs> sort of fresh. <laughs> kind of. It was a DOS game though. So DOS. DOS. <laughs> Thompson, actually old enough to have played games on DOS. I have an entire drawer of DOS games to my left. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then just to wrap it up here, besides that, um, I'm still chipping away at Zelda and Uncharted, uh, beat another Divine Beast, and then uh, I just hit... Yeah. Nice. Keep going, man. Um, You're almost there. And then I I just hit um, Chapter 7 in Uncharted last night, Uh, and... um, I definitely have come around on it a bit. Like I'm, I'm more into it than I was when we last spoke. You know, I'm, I'm still not crazy about Nadine, um, but Chloe is like such a likable character and like a character that I really have history with. That like she's able to kind of carry the experience in a lot of ways, um, and they've like managed to play Nadine off her well enough that like 
it's it there's been payoff you know and there's been a few like really really good like like true uncharted moments that have made it um definitely a more uh memorable experience for me oh, you know good. it like pulled me in in a way that like definitely i hadn't felt yet i'm glad to hear you got that like back half uncharted sauce that you were looking for last week <laughs> yeah yeah and me too because you know i still think at the end i'm gonna probably net out feeling like it was like a good not great experience but like these few moments that we've had since uh that hump i got over have definitely been enough that like i'm itching to get back to it which i wasn't before so I'm really excited to sit down and hopefully finish it up tonight. Was that a sixty dollar game? Uh, no, only forty. Okay, that's cool, yeah. man. That, that's like a nice trend. I'm, you know, uh, Death the Outsider and that, and like a few other ones yeah. I can't remember right now. But there's definitely a lot that come out now, at like forty or like forty seems to be the, the the price that they're sticking with. Yeah, yeah, it's a trend I definitely like. And uh, actually, I I have um, Death of the Outsider like on on the way from Amazon right now. So I think when that comes oh, yeah. in, I kind I kind of want to do like a topic of the show talking about those games and that trend at some point in the future. Nice. So um, if you guys are playing any of them or you have thoughts on those kind of games, like write in and let us know. Um, speaking of which, if you want to write in and let us know what you're playing this week, or uh, you know. Give us your thoughts, random question of the week, uh, have your thoughts right on the air. You can write into us at our email address, thevideogamepals at gmail.com, and we'll read your thoughts. Uh, you can also follow our sister show at The Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold, to stay up to date on all the stuff we've got going on here at the Pals Network. If you're an audio listener, we'd greatly appreciate it if you gave us a like on your platform of choice, or if you really want to help us out, you can go over to iTunes and uh, give us a rating where we're currently a five-star rated podcast, something of which we are very proud. And if you're on YouTube, you can do us a solid, like this show, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, again, please check out our first ever daily show, Pals Play, brand new Let's Play show. Uh, we've got two episodes up by the time you're listening to this. So uh, go give it a watch and let us know what you think. And then last but not least, the best thing you can do to help out the show is to share it with your pals so they can become our pals too. So for our rotating segment this week, I've got a random question that uh, is a bit... Well, okay, so first of all, it's time for the random question of the week! <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I actually have this one out of the show notes because I didn't want you guys to see it, but this one's going to be a bit of like a shameless uh, synergy plug. What games should me and Thompson play on Pals Play? Ooh. And I even synergy get a voice in this? Plug. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm saying it right now. The four we pick right now, they're they're going on the list. Like, we're like me and Thompson won't even deliver it. We'll just play them. We're just going to do it. Shit. Uh, we're we're, we're, we're <laughs> Fuck! Oh, Sean's got us! Dude, I'm the oh, now. We got to roll characters, Thompson. Warlock, here I come. <laughs> Oh, Snuggle God. Bear the Warlock will be back one day. <laughs> Snuggle Bear the Warlock. I just made that up. I have no idea. I don't remember what I used well, to call myself. <laughs> that's your character now when we roll things. Oh, God, no. I'll think of something better. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Too late, Snuggle Bear. No, I'll, I'll leave my Voidwalker Snuggle Bear or some shit. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll, I'll give you a pass on that one. <laughs> All right. So, Pete, I don't remember the name of it, but do you remember the... Rest in peace, Game Coop, 24-hour Extra Life live stream. Yes. Do you remember the incredibly hard Bouncing Bunny platformer we played oh on the Wii U? Oh my god, on the Wii U? I don't remember what the fuck that game was called. Hit up your boy Jack? Yeah, I'm gonna have to hit up my, my, my man Jack Ryan and ask him about that. Uh, but, oh my, I think it was like... 
It was like Hoppins or something like that. It was that, like a really that feels right. Something that like game that. was so goddamn hard. Oh my god! All right, that's a one-off. We're not doing a series on that shit, but I'll play it once. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're gonna make me buy that game on Wii U. <laughs> Don't give me that power on you, Pete. Also, you're gonna come on the podcast for like six weeks and be like, "Yeah, I dusted off my Wii U because Andy made me play this game, and it's really fun and really hard." And I'm Pete, and I love platformers. Yeah, but like good platformers. That game was good. Good platformers, I mean, it, also not on the Wii U for Pete. So it was just like it was balls good, out hard. We played it for like way longer than we should have. It had <laughs> just like its whole mechanic of the bunny never stops bouncing. It's a never, it's just this poorly animated rabbit just hopping forever. And like, you have to like, Pete, you say animated like it has animations. It's just a rabbit sprite that moves up and down. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of sounds like the impossible game, how you always have to keep jumping and shit and, you know, time your bounces and stuff. Like always jumps to the same height, always jumps for the same amount of time, has a rhythm to it. Uh... All right, fine. What about you, Thompson? Uh, there's a game I always wanted to play with you, and it's Breakdown for the original Xbox. I still have a copy of it, and I still have my original Xbox. So if we're busting out old systems, let's fucking do that. <laughs> All right. What the fuck is Breakdown? I don't even know what that is. Dude, it's like this fucking awesome game that no one's ever played, and it's like one of my. It's literally one of my top ten favorite games of all time. Like it's it's incredible. All right. Yeah. I don't want to spoil too much, but it, it's just, it's a wild ride, man. You're going to be like, what the hell is happening in this game? Like, up until the very end. And then the very end, you're going to be like, what the fuck? Explain this. And I'll be like, all right, I got this. I am a human wiki on that game. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. So, Thompson, I'm about to pick mine. Yeah. And it's going to make you so upset. Oh, no. It's Sonic, isn't and it? And it's, it's literally Is it the like entire... Sonic 06? You little... It's the entire... No, oh. no. It's, it's... So, here's what, here's what we're doing. Yeah. We're going to play... Sonic Forces, the new one, and I'm gonna make you play it, and you have to make your own Sonic OC to play through the game as. Pete, have you pre-ordered it? Can Thompson's Sonic OC be Joker from Persona 5? I sure did, Andy! (laughs) It's not out yet? You're gonna make me play a game that's not even out yet, so it could be terrible? Yeah, And it's it's a Sonic game? It's probably going to be trash. Wait, Wait what is Thompson, this called? You got to see the pre-order bonuses, though. Wait, what's it called, though? Sonic Forces. Forces? It's not the new one that came out for the Switch that's supposedly good, right? No. No, that's Mania. Mania? That okay. Great. Yeah, I haven't kept up on anything Sonic. I just kind of, like, you know, forget it exists for a while. It's this, like, black spot in my memory that I don't, like, I can't see it, you know? Oh, no. Pete, no. I'm looking at the yep. pictures for this. No. Yep. Why? Yep. Why do I gotta yep. play this? <laughs> Wait, Thompson. It's gonna be fucking hilarious. Gotta no. look at the pre-order bonuses. Okay. <laughs> you guys like want me to have an aneurysm? <laughs> Here, Andy. Andy what? shared it in our chat. What? Look what? at the Sega tie-ins. <laughs> Persona Five can... mask and outfit. <gasps> Why? <laughs> you can play as Joker. It's gonna be fun. And Poyo Poyo's there, and Super Monkey Ball. <laughs> this is just like <sighs> it's it's on the Switch. All right, <laughs> All right fine, okay. fine, whatever. We'll play this. So now, oh, to you listeners at home, I'm giving you the floodgates are open. All right, if you're listening to this episode, you can write in and tell us. We'll play whatever it is. We'll play the game. We'll try. We'll do it. No, we'll do it. No, if it's we'll, like a, if it's, we'll fucking do it, Thompson. What if it's like a thousand dollar copy of a super rare we're game? We're playing all the hits. All right, if I fine. want, 
to make you guys play another one, can I write in under my alias Andy <laughs> Green? <laughs> okay. Um, I'm gonna say it depends on the game. We'll see. So, write in at the video game pals. Hit us up on Twitter, either of us, and let us know what games you want us to play on Pals Play, and we'll play them. Oh, f- I, I mean, I can't, I can't promise them in a timely fashion, but I'm gonna make a list, and we'll fucking get through them. Fuck, I missed out on a, you know multi-part full playthrough of Persona 5. That's what I should have gone with. Oh, God, no. Oh, my God. That would have taken us literally, like, 6,000 episodes. (laughs) It'll never end. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, glad we dodged that bullet. Anyway, so I guess that means it's time for... The bumper. Let's get it out of the way. Oh, God damn. (laughs) savage. He's watching football, and he's like, I guess time for this shit. Let's (laughs) 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 The news! The news! All right, so we've got eight items on the news list this week, and uh, a couple, couple pretty meaty ones. So let's just jump right into it. Um, so Ubisoft has announced a brand new experimental first-person shooter, which is releasing today. So uh, Automega or Automega, I'm not really sure which it is, um, is the latest game from Ubisoft's Reflection Studio uh, by the incubator which produced the indie titles Grow Home and Grow Up, which were uh, fairly well received. So you can check out the trailer we've linked to down below, but for those who can't check it out, uh, Automega is a multiplayer FPS that's going to have you um, basically growing and changing shape over the course of multiple rounds, going from uh, playing as like a single cube to like a giant like mecha, you know? Uh, and, like, there's, like, stages in between where you're, like, a gorilla or, like, a snake or a bug and, like, weird things. Um, so the, here we got a quote from Yubi explaining the game where they say, the player must acquire mass, which, <laughs> so you got to hit the gym, You got to cultivate yeah. mass. Yeah. You got to cultivate mass, guys. Uh, by peacefully collecting or via firefights to evolve his exoform from the nimble atom to the godlike omega. Uh, competing for mass, players engage in a frantic battle for supremacy through intense 10-minute rounds, gathering up to 8 players. Acquiring mass also grants points, and the player with the most points at the end of the round wins. It is a relentlessly competitive experience, an easy-to-pick-up but hard-to-master game with a light-hearted tone echoing the personality of its small development team. Um, so the game apparently only has one map, but uh, it launches like literally today. Right now, you can go pick it up for only 10 bucks. Um, so obviously none of us have played it yet, but, uh, go check it out and let us know what you think. It looks pretty fun. Like, yeah. you, you start as a cube, eventually, like, you turn into a dinosaur, and then into God. It seems, like, really silly and fun. Like, and goofy I as fuck, give it a shot. yeah. Yeah, I just watched the trailer. This thing, uh, it looks pretty neat. I would, you know, I'm, uh, I'm actually pretty hyped about this. And, like, I really like that, like, you know, I don't know. We, on this show, and people in general, I think, give Ubi a lot of flack. And a lot of that's uh, well-deserved at times. But I, I really do think, like, overall, I, I like how they handle, uh, you know, the way that they kind of have incubated these, like, smaller, more, like, artsy or, like, indie-friendly games. Like, they've really produced some pretty cool stuff like this. Um, so I'm excited to check this out. This looks pretty neat. Yeah. So maybe we'll uh, have some impressions for you next week. But um, if you guys check it out, let us know what you think, if, if it's worth our time. Uh, so speaking of fun little indie games... That game company, the team behind Flow, Flower, and the critically acclaimed Journey, uh, announced at last week's Apple conference that their next game, Sky, will launch first on Apple TV, iPhone, and iPad this winter. Um, so that's, like, really interesting. There's a little bit uh, we can kind of 
dive into. Like, there's not really much of the game that's been shown here. Um, there's a blog post that I've linked to down below from that game company that, like, talks about the game and its development. And uh, there's a really cool interview um, with uh, the game's creator um, that you guys can go check out if you're interested. But um, this is, like, obviously a, a pretty big deal, I think. You know, considering how long um, people have been waiting for the follow-up to Journey, which was, like, you know, obviously a really huge indie game uh, for, for the PS3. Uh, it's kind of crazy that, like, such a, you know, major indie title is coming to, like, mobile platforms and smart TVs before, you know, traditional console or, like, PC. Yeah, it's like, I'm down with it. I think that branching out for, like, platforms gets more people into games and like if this leads to more people who like have a ps4 but don't play indie games on it buying journey i'm into it yeah man i mean me too i definitely i don't think that like mobile has to be a, a place where there's only like shitty shovelware games you know yeah so i'm definitely not against that yeah it's like if if mobile were to have a mobile where i could play batman i'd be really into that Oh, you mean like it does? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think the thing that I just, I wanted to ask you guys is like, do you think that this shows that Apple has a desire to be taken seriously as a platform for gaming? Like specifically in regards to uh, their new Apple TV, which they announced and has like 4K games capability and supports controllers and everything. Um, because like, why else would they do this? You know, why else would Apple have paid that game company which, like, I'm sure that's the only reason it's coming out exclusively on Apple stuff first, right? Like, I could see doing a simultaneous release, but why wouldn't you put the game out on PC unless there's some deal going on there? And why would Apple pay for them to do this? Why would Apple have them come out at their Apple conference where they're announcing all the biggest things coming to their platform uh, or, you know, their their hardware announcements if they weren't interested in, in some way cultivating uh, the opinion that they're a place to play games? Um, yeah, I think there's, there's no reason other than they want to cultivate that opinion, but I don't know, like, how much they want to cultivate that opinion. I don't know if they're serious about, like, we're going to start seeing Apple make a push to get exclusives on Mac platforms or whatever, you know? I mean, this is a timed exclusive, which is, uh, yeah, it's, it's different. You're totally right, but it's... It's definitely a move in that yeah. direction, I think. I think it's you know? I think it's a move in that direction. I just like I don't know how how much pull Apple's going to have to say, "Hey, only release your game with Apple and with the money we're going to give you plus the sales you make, it'll be worth it." Yeah, that's going to be the interesting thing is are they willing to make that commitment, you know? Yeah. And partner with people and really try to incent like do they care that much? Do they think that there's that much more money to be earned there from uh, trying to sell core gaming experiences on the already thriving, you know, uh, games marketplace that they kind of have. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I think it's either way, it's the first step down that path. Like, this is what it's going to look like. I just don't know if, you know, it goes all the way for them. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I, I, Apple's not known for you know playing well with others in any way even if like you have a file it doesn't want to convert to like a windows thing you know so it's not that they don't want to get a piece of the pie i don't think but i don't we don't see an apple console you know like a like a mainline thing so i don't think like 
they might be serious about gaming in their way, but they might not be like, we're going to be a game company as well. You know, I, I don't think you're going to see like first party Apple shit. I don't think you're really ever going to see that, at least not right now. Um, I don't. I don't think there would necessarily be first party stuff, but I could right. definitely see them uh, trying to make partnerships with smaller developers like this. And because you know, if they push the Apple TV, like maybe that's the Apple console, right? Where they're like, "Hey, you already like want a smart TV? You want a TV that can do 4K? Why not buy the Apple TV? You can put all your you know 4K game consoles and play your big AAA experiences there. But then you'll also have access to these." you know, uh, exclusive indie games here on the Apple platform. Like, I, I don't know that that, that that couldn't work. It could. It seems like a logical step, but I just don't see that really being... I don't see that having super huge appeal, just because uh, while indie games are definitely rising in popularity, I don't think that enough people care to go out and buy an Apple television for that purpose. So I agree with you. But why I think it's interesting, right, is maybe you don't buy it for that purpose. But maybe you're the person, you know, who you want a 4K television because you see that's where gaming's going, right? You want to maybe upgrade to an Xbox One X or a PS4 Pro and start doing 4K gaming. And you're thinking, do I get the 4K TV, whatever, you know, Samsung or whatever, or do I get an Apple TV because it also has exclusive games? Because the Apple, and maybe this isn't right now, but a couple years from now, if they keep trying to cultivate these relationships, I could see them carving out a niche in that way. Or again, like if they're putting them on iPads, most people have iPads, or not most people, but lots of techie people have iPads, right? If you've got a tablet, it's probably an iPad. Um, I don't, I wonder, I wonder if that might actually like, if there are enough games there that are really attractive, I wonder if they might be able to actually get a contingency of hardcore players playing, you know, quote unquote, real games on an Apple platform instead. The fact that like PC has become really popular lately and like, you know, console wars was always a thing. And now people will lock that in with the, with the PC too. So it's just like, there's lines in the sand. And like, I think it's just going to be really hard for Apple to like make that niche, you know? Because people are, yeah. like, very divisive on, like, this specific thing. Like, I know it's stupid, but a lot of people don't play games just because it's on a different thing, you know? Um, you know, they're just like, oh, that's, a, that's like, a, a port from this thing I don't have, so I'm not going to bother you know, on my end when it comes to my thing. Because it's just a port or something, you know? Whatever logic is behind it. And I don't see, like, Apple, like, you know, out of the running. But I just don't think they're going to, in a timely fashion at least, like, carve that out, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's really gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how people react to this move specifically, and if Apple continues to make moves like this in the future. But uh, so moving on to some uh, some sad news is uh, Naughty Dog's Bruce Stan Straley, excuse me, uh, known as the co-creator of The Last of Us and the director of Uncharted Two and Four, is leaving the studio after eighteen years. So Bruce explained his departure in a post on the Naughty Dog blog, which I'm just gonna read for you guys real quickly. So uh, it's titled, A Message from Bruce Straley. It's impossible to summarize 18 of the most influential years of my career in a blog post, but here we are. Today, with the heaviest of hearts, I'm announcing my departure from Naughty Dog. This has been the hardest decision of my career. Naughty Dog is home. The kennel is family. I've learned and grown so much from working with this incredible team, but after heading up three extremely demanding projects and taking some extended time away from the office, I found my energy focusing in other directions, and I slowly realized this was the signal that it's time to move on. 
I joined the kennel in 1999 as a texture artist on Crash Team Racing, back before, Na- back before Naughty Dog even had a coffee maker. I was employee number 15. From day one, I knew I was surrounded by some of the most talented, driven, and passionate people in the industry. They were pushing themselves to do things beyond what they even thought was possible, which in turn pushed me, and I loved it. I mean, it was also extremely intimidating, but the energy and determination to make something great, something we could all be proud of, was infectious. And that's the way it still is to this day. I'm leaving Naughty Dog with the strongest team it's ever had, and that's saying a lot. But more than the talent, it's the people that I'll miss the most. The work culture at Naughty Dog is about getting out of your seat and solving problems together. It's what has allowed me to build so many friendships and gain so much respect for this stellar group of people. I get it. It's just work. But when you spend as much time as we do together and the pressure cooker of creative work and deadlines, you really get to know a person. And I've had my share of difficult and humbling moments. But having the privilege to see people grow beyond their concept of what's possible for themselves technically, creatively, and personally has been the most rewarding aspect of my job and continues to motivate me to do the same. I'm so proud to have been part of this team. I can't wait to see what they create in the future. With the deepest gratitude, thank you to everyone I've gotten to work with over the years. I'll miss you and your energy profoundly. Thanks to Andy and Jason for taking a chance on me and setting the bar. You're welcome. Thanks to Amy and Neil. Thanks to Amy and Neil for being great creative partners. Thanks for thanks to Christoph for all the support and inspiration. I've learned so much from you. And an extra special thanks to Evan Wells. You were the first person I met who truly inspired me to believe in the power of gaming. And if not for you, I may have never made it to Naughty Dog in the first place. My appreciation goes way beyond what words can say. And a sincere thanks to the fans. Knowing I was part of creating something that touched or moved any of you made this whole thing worthwhile. And I now t- <laughs> and now I too get to anticipate the next Naughty Dog masterpiece. As I close this chapter with a heavy heart and appreciation for everything Naughty Dog has done for me, I open the next with an excitement to continue the journey into the creative process. I don't have anything to announce yet, but I look forward to the discovery and to sharing it all with you soon. You can keep a lookout for any announcements on my Twitter, at Bruce underscore Straley. Dog for life, Bruce Straley. I didn't know he rolled with DMX. That's pretty cool. Um, (laughs) Dog for life, man. Knows that I chase a cat up yeah, in the tree. Yeah, I really like that they call themselves the kennel. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice little thing I didn't know about about Naughty Dog. Yeah, uh, yeah. So obviously, Last of Us I've talked about a buttload, and you talked about Uncharted a ton, and they're two of our favorite games. So this is this. Hits... And shout out to Crash Team Racing, which is yeah, that's like a, that's one, a game. My, one of my favorite games of all time too. Uh, so you mean is... better Mario Kart? <laughs> yes. It's the a good best game. kart racer it... until Mario Kart Eight. Yes. What about Diddy Kong Racing? You guys remember that? I love also that game. better yeah, Mario nice. Kart. Nice, nice. Not as good. <laughs> Great game, not as good. Um, but yeah, this this guy has obviously worked on some stuff that we really feel you know dearly about, and uh, uh, I'm glad he you know left on a good positive note. Didn't get Kojima'd out, and um, you know I can't wait to see what he's gonna make. Yeah, yeah, and you know I um, it, it's always sad to see somebody that you really love love leave a team that they love too. But uh, I can't blame him. You know, 18 years is a long time in this industry. And yeah, yeah. heading up those three games back to back must have been just such an insane amount of work. And, you know, uh, pouring himself into those projects for like, what, like Uncharted 2 came out in like 2009. So a long time. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I just kind of wanted to give a shout out to Bruce and say thank you for his work. And, you know, I hope he enjoys the time off. Honestly, like, I'm really happy for him. Um, he's getting to leave on his own terms. He's getting to leave. He's like got a point where he doesn't have to keep working, and that's always good. Yeah, um, and like he's made his mark. Yeah, he never makes another video game again. Like, and it's like, I don't know. I don't want to say that like 
every creative team should break up because obviously there's like some people who work really well together. But like, I do think it's always good for artists to branch out and work with other artists. And yeah, you know, maybe we'll see some crazy shit coming out of Bruce Staley in whatever he does next with a different team. Sure. And, you know, and like much like a couple months ago when we reported about um, I forget his name right now off the top of my tongue or off the top of my head, but um. Uh, the, the, one of the co-founders of Blizzard who left and came back, you know, several years later, it's like, who knows, maybe he'll come back with renewed energy in a few years and do something else. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to Bruce and, um, I, you know, can't wait to see what's next, buddy. Same. So, uh, moving right along. <laughs> All right. So the next item on the list is, uh, an update on a story from last week about the controversy around Felix Kilberg, aka PewDiePie. Uh, who has made a public statement regarding the backlash around him saying the N-word in a live stream of PUBG. So uh, we offered our thoughts on everything last week. So um, if you want to go check that out, you can if you haven't already. Um, but then the, the video that he posted came out the following day, uh, which was simply titled My Response. And here's what he said. Oh, and by the way, we linked to it down below if you want to watch the video for yourself, obviously. Um, so he said, hello, I wanted to make a statement on what I said in my previous live stream. You probably won't believe me when I say this, but whenever I go online and I hear other players use that same kind of language that I did, I always find it extremely immature and stupid. And I hate how I now personally fed into that part of gaming as well. It was something that I said in the heat of the moment. I said the worst word I could possibly think of. Yeah. And it sort of just, and it just sort of slipped out. And I'm not going to make any excuses to why I did it because there are no excuses for it. I'm disappointed in myself because it seems like I've learned nothing from all these past controversies. And it's not that I think I can say or do whatever I want and get away with it. That's not it at all. I'm just an idiot. But that doesn't make what I said or how I said it okay. It was not okay. I'm really sorry if I've offended, hurt, or disappointed anyone with all of this. Being in the position I'm in, I should know better. I know I can't keep messing up like this, and I owe it to my audience and to myself to do better than this because I know that I'm better than this. I want to prove myself. I want to improve myself and better myself, not just for me, but for anyone who looks up to me or anyone that's influenced by me. And that's how I want to move forward away from this. That's all I had to say. Thank you for watching. Bye. So um, I wanted to turn this over to you guys uh, after the, after watching the video. Um, do you feel that this apology was sincere? Um, do you think that? This apology, uh, you know, and a change in his actions matters at this point. Like, how do you feel about this? So, we're all gamers. And we've all been in a situation where we're in the heat of the moment. And we're playing a game. And we're losing or whatever happens. And we just, you know, go off. Like, you, 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 might, lay, you might lace the the microphone with a hundred curse words right that happens um but we all have a place or at least i probably everybody here on this podcast has a place where we don't go and there's not a chance we're gonna go right there are words that are not in my vocabulary and it, and it ends there they're just not in my vocabulary they never leave my mouth i don't even think about them it's not a filter, it just doesn't happen, right? And the problem <clears throat> for me when it comes to these situations, because, again, they keep happening, is that these people, they don't have the capacity of controlling themselves because this is what they do. They don't have, like, these are words that are in their vocabulary. These are the same kind of people who get drunk and then say something stupid and then say, oh, well, I was drunk. Heat of the moment is not an excuse, you know? And, and again, he's not the only gamer on the planet. 
we're all gamers too. It doesn't happen. And if it happens to you, then either this is a part of who you are, or you have a lack of self-control, and you need to work something out with yourself. And his apology video, everything sounds nice. He said everything he was supposed to say. But why should I give a shit? Honestly, why should I believe him? And and the real um, sadness is that when you look in the comments section, it's everybody with every excuse in the book. Right. And to me, it all it all falls on its face when you recognize that this is a systemic problem in gaming. Men, like I'm watching uh, full disclosure, I'm watching an injustice stream right now. Okay, injustice two, and the comment section is filled with people who are calling. Uh, uh, one of the the top pro players, his character name is or his his uh, tag is white boy. Everybody's calling him gay, gay f word, this that the other thing. They're not even playing the game. Why is that required? Why is that a part of the culture? What does that have to do with gaming? Nothing. So, Pew represents these people, and he and his behavior is the same behavior that the Twitch comment section, the YouTube comment section embodies. And why do they do it? Because it's okay to do. Because people like him do it and get away with it. That's why. Yeah. And it's and a lot of people, you know, do attention and stuff too, man. I there's there's people I watch on YouTube that'll, you know, pop a stream up and these are not people who say shit about people. These are really great people, but the comments section in the live chat is fucking buck wild like instantly you know what i mean oh yeah one guy like sets something off and you got a thousand people watching and just it just gets insane you know and i you know people you know the the the, the internet's great it's it's brought us you know some really cool shit but it's also like desensitized a lot of stuff and you know the fact that everyone's anonymous in a way is like really empowering for like the assholes out there so you know this kind of shit is just the fucking assholes in school who you know would have came up to your face and said something but now they're just on the computer doing it you know and um it's you know it's all fucked up i think but and i i agree with you sean man like he he said all the right shit and it seems sincere uh but it's not the first time you know and i feel like if he um the only thing I, i disagree with about him is like if if he really did think it was like that immature and stuff and honest to god felt that way the first or second time this had happened uh would have made the apology video and said that before um so i don't know i mean he just got i think caught one too many times and then had to do something you know Uh, well i i do want to say i i do think there's a big difference between this situation and the previous controversy i don't think that they're like i I understand that from one another i I know but i mean if he if was he he made it sound just to me at least in this one the apology video made it sound like you know oh i i care like i have a huge audience you know i I try to like respect that and stuff and it's like i I don't know man because like it seemed like the last time it was different so if you cared about like that audience and like any sort of thing like that you know it doesn't have to be a curse word or anything it could have been you know some offensive cosplay or something you know it could have been anything you know Uh, yeah i'm just saying for like the sake of uh playing devil's advocate oh yeah yeah. i I I agree the the difference right is like the original thing was about his content and about jokes being taken out of context like this is just him saying a racial slur you know but you you can't imagine that this is probably like we don't watch his stuff there's got to be something that he said that is at least borderline this kind of shit or like close to it you know i mean um 
I mean, like like Sean said, man, this is part of his vocabulary, you know? Like, that's what happens when people are, in, you know, I mean, I get mad all the time at, like, little things, sure, but I don't, like, bust out, like, those hard words, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I do want to make another, another statement uh, because something very in line with what we're talking about happened this week, uh, which is that one of the one of the directors of Overwatch made a video talking about this same exact thing: toxic behavior, toxic um, behavior in the game, toxic commentary in the game. And in the video, he said that the toxicity in Overwatch is so bad that they're actively having to prevent moving forward with producing future content for the game in order to implement systems that will punish players who engage in toxic behavior. That's where it is now. A a, a triple-A game. They're delaying production on future content. That means characters. That means skins. That means levels. Because people are so toxic that they have to stop to deal with that. Is that like why is that where we're at as gamers? I I was in a game of Heroes of the Storm uh, just yesterday, and somebody was raging and throwing the game, and um, uh, he was throwing around the F word. And I was saying, what is the point of you coming on here and doing this? I didn't queue up to play and deal with you your shit. I queued up to play this game, and then he starts throwing around the N word. Now, of I'm, course. <laughs> I'm 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 black, but I've been playing games on the internet for well over a decade. So stuff like that, you build an armor, or at least I did. But that's not every person. That's not every black person. That's not every gay person. That's not every Spanish person. That's not every Asian person. That's not every whoever. And I'm not worried about myself. I'm worried about people who have thinner skin, kids, um. People who don't, there's no person that should ever have to deal with that, that kind of language. And it's disgusting, and it has to stop, but I don't I don't know the answer, because you can't police all of that. No, man, I mean, and I think, uh, you know, this is the thing we talk about all the time. You know, we literally were talking about this on yesterday's episode of The Comics Pals. I think there's not much you can do other than shine a light on it, and, you know, and and say that you don't agree with it. You know, though you don't support it, that it's not a thing that is representative of you know, the entire community, and it's not a thing that we want to be representative of the community. Word. Yeah. I've been pretty quiet for all this, but I I do think that it, like, I do think his apology was sincere, having watched it, but I'm not so sure it matters how sincere the apology is if we don't see his behavior change to go along with that, you know? Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. I guess that's what I wanted to ask, right? Is like, do you think that matters? Like, do you think if if there's a legitimate change in his behavior and this is a come to Jesus moment for him that um, does that does that matter? Yeah, of course it matters, I would say, because he's he's a very influential figure. What what did you say? 50 million? He's 55. Yeah, he's 55 ish. So, I mean, you're talking about somebody who has people that follow him and you, you, we we understand this. People are very influenced by people that they like, people that they um icons, the people that they make icons out of. And so, sure, if he changes his position, if he changes his language, if he can have honest dialogues with his audience and say, "Listen, this is not okay," 
then maybe that helps. I would love to see him do a, do a PSA, talk about this on a real level, get real with his audience and say, look, this is not okay. I don't, it's not his job necessarily, but if you want to make inroads and if you want to prove that you're a changed person, at some point it's not just about fun and it's about using your platform for change when you are a part of the problem currently. Sure. Yeah. And, and even if that changes just within your own community of the people who follow you, you know, um, he I think he at least does have some responsibility there. Right. Yeah. I feel like this follow up or this apology is like it's an OK starting point, but I'm not really going to buy it unless there's a follow up to like the reaction he got in his comments where it's like people were standing up for him talking about a media witch hunt. Right. Doing yeah, whatever. That, unless he goes out and says, no, guys, like, I fucked up. Don't defend me. Right. Because, uh, honestly, this this could be a completely sincere apology. Or this could be him saying what he has to say and, you know, saying it like he has to say it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's totally true. Right. And we don't know him. So, like, as much as I think... I agree with you. I do think this apology seems sincere, and uh, I think it. I think he. It seems as though he knows what he did was wrong. Um, but I, I do think it's it's really alarming that there are still so many people out there defending his actions when he himself has said that they has taken responsibility and said that they were wrong. You know, and the fact that there's still people who are saying like, "Oh, it's no big deal." You know, like you don't have to apologize. It's like, no, he did have to apologize, and he did. Um, I just, I don't know. I hope that this isn't the end of the apology. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. I look, I don't want him to go on some bullshit apology tour that you always see celebrities do when they do something like that. I want to see him do what you said, which is take his own audience to task and say, listen, no, it was wrong. I did the wrong thing. We need to move past this. But in a way that's thoughtful and in a way that is compassionate because that comment section is built around people who don't get it because it's not targeted towards them. They're not affected. So why? Oh, why does it bother you? It doesn't bother me. It's like, obviously it doesn't bother you. All right. So moving on to happier news. Uh, it only took one week. Sorry, go ahead. You good? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it only took one week for Player Unknown's Battleground to break the last Steam record left for the little indie juggernaut that could. Uh, so PUBG has now set the all-time record for concurrent players last week when it peaked at 1,348,374 concurrent users beating out the previous record holder, which was Dota 2, at uh, 1.2 million back in March 2016. So is it is it really the little indie juggernaut that could anymore, or is it just, like, the biggest game in the world right now? It is, like, the biggest... It is, like, the biggest game in the world right now, but it came out, like, six months ago, and there's, like, 10 or 20 people working on it. Yeah. Like... Yeah, it's basically America post-World War II. Everybody's like, wait, you're actually really relevant, and you run the world now? What the fuck happened? You know, like, that's that's not what <laughs> happened. You were just over there, across the water, doing your Speaking thing. Speaking of which, it's it's worth noting, again, as I like to point out every time, despite the fact that the game has sold 10 million copies, it's in early access, 
and has no signs of slowing down and still has a console release on Xbox One next year. So, like, I guess we'll be talking to you next week when PUBG does something else incredible. <laughs> Just give me my fucking zombie mode already. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they told me about it months ago. I want it now. <laughs> I know they're working on shit. Yeah, I know. But I really want that zombie mode. How hard is it to reskin some player models and just, you know, like, fucking throw them in? <laughs> I don't know, man. When you only have 20 people working on the game, probably pretty hard. <laughs> well, there's there's custom servers for, for zombie mode. The difference is yeah, they're still, just not skinned they're as testing. zombies. They're just, you yeah. know, players that punch walls and stuff. So it's like it, the game already kind of exists. Just I wish there was an official queue for it, you know? Thompson, have you played first yeah. person only yet? Oh, yeah. I've done that a bunch. It's uh, it's really, it's it's like harrowing, especially when you're trying to drive the motorcycle and you start doing flips in the air and you're like, I don't know what direction I am anymore, you know? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I'm upside down. Oh, God. <laughs> um, no, it's it's fun, man. I like it. So Sean, yeah, buy this game. Nope, <laughs> nope. He's got a lot of time to do. It. He's got he's got to put in his time. It's know? it's it's in early access. That's ridiculous. Uh, and uh, on top of that, I just got too many games going on right now. Yeah, Dendo Watch. You know, listen, Sean. Yeah, the game might be in early access, but right now you're in late access. Whoa! <laughs> I mean, he's got Dendo Watch to watch out for, you know. Like, yeah, we gotta wait to for play. that. Thank you, Thompson. Right yeah. now, we're vibing, dude. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to play Kotor, and I don't even have enough time for that. So, if you think I'm gonna play this shit, you got another thing coming. I gotta play games that came out ten years ago. That's right. <laughs> yeah, for ten. So we're, like, we're gonna play Breakdown, Pete. You know, that's what happened. That's like twenty years ago. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, I was saying if you ever get around to Red Dead Redemption, that's a 10-year-old game. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Damn right. Yep. Uh, All right. So uh, before we get into our meat and potatoes, we got a few bits of Nintendo news to get through, Um, which uh, the the first of which is, you know, last week we talked again about how um, there's been some trouble around the the release of the SNES Classic. We discussed how uh, president of uh, Nintendo of America, uh, Reggie Fielsame, said that, you know, he said that he would strongly urge you not to buy uh, an SNES at a, a marked-up unit, you know, from eBay or some other such uh, auction website. Uh, we now have confirmation from Nintendo via press release that the SNES Classic will be produced into 2018, which is uh, coming after the company had said that they would cease production at the end of 2017. Uh, and then also, they said that they'd be bringing back its predecessor, the NES Classic, sometime in the summer of 2018. Uh, so the press release also states that, quote, uh, more units of super of the Super NES Classic Edition will ship on September 29th in the U.S. than were shipped of the NES Classic Edition all last year. And uh, Nintendo said that, quote, fans have shown their unbridled enthusiasm for these Classic Edition systems, so Nintendo is working on putting many more of them on store shelves. So, sounds like, uh, you know, our boy Reggie was telling the truth last week, and uh, by all accounts, you should be able to get your hands on one of these guys in 2018. Yeah. Cool. Wow, uh, yeah. you know, I think somebody I said something didn't like call their friend when they were placing pre-orders. <laughs> Andy, I, I, they were closed by the time Thompson was off my computer. I'm sorry. <laughs> I barely got mine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like whatever I said the last time we talked about this, you know, like Nintendo, we'll see. You know, like wow, I guess we did see. You know, <laughs> it's a- yeah, right. Here's a here's a you know an official statement coming right off Reggie's comments. So. Seems like seems like all's on the on the up and up here. Yeah, good job, Nintendo. I think this is great. 
Uh, I think this is obviously what needed to happen, but um, I want to pivot a little bit because is Reggie not the most trustworthy person in gaming? Like, oh, he is. <laughs> I I just trust him. Like he's. I do If too. I knew him in real life, I'd believe everything he said. Like he's just a, like I would love to get advice from him. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to talk. He's I wish Reggie was my guy. stepdad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, he, he gives you that air of confidence, like that you believe in what he's saying. You know, he, he comes in like a, like a um, evangelical preacher. That the moment if you're into that shit, you see him and you're just like that man. Yeah, that's the guy that's gonna bring me salvation. You know, and so for the for gamers, you see Reggie and, and you just feel like at at ease and and things are right. You know that it will be okay. <laughs> that's right. So I love Reggie as much as the next guy, but when Nintendo launches a product without shortages. Then I'll believe what Reggie's saying. Yeah, yeah. See, that's that's the reason I meant like we'll see, you know, because they have a history. But I, I'm, again, cautiously optimistic is a lot, a lot of times we say that. But yeah, that was that was perfectly for this one. Yep. So I'm I'm personally really looking forward to picking up an NES Classic because I missed around yeah. on the first time. So that, that'll be fun, man. I don't even remember what's on yeah. it because it was just in my head. I'm like, yeah, I'm never getting one, so fuck it, you know. <laughs> I just like forgot about it, you know. Yeah, I'm totally, totally down to get that once it comes back. Ooh, excuse me. Got a chili bar burp. Mm. <laughs> a chili okay. burp? Like, like you're cold, or you ate chili and you burped it up? I, I ate chili and then burped. Oh, wow. Okay. So, speaking of updates, the la- the latest update for the Nintendo Switch Online app has solved one of the app's most glaring flaws. So, according to Nintendo's official website, version one point one point uh, says voice chat will now continue when other apps are opened and voice chat will now continue during sleep mode. So this is absolutely a step in the right direction. Um, but it's worth noting that, um, you still can't use it. Well, it's un, we're not sure if you'll be able to use it when there are, um, apps that uses your microphone or has audio output. So like you couldn't necessarily like listen to Spotify or like watch a YouTube video while you have the chat going, um, but you should be fine if you want to, like, look something up really quickly or, like, respond to a text message or just dim your fucking screen. On the other hand, Discord will let you do those things. Just use Discord <laughs> yep. on your phone. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just just a little update there for you if you're, you know, you haven't checked out the Nintendo Switch out online app or you have and, you know, maybe you want to give it another go. Uh, definitely seems like it's a little bit more usable now than it was at launch. So... Good on you, Nintendo, I guess. Keep trying. <laughs> yeah. You could start over and just make something that actually uses, you know, not your phone. Like, that seems silly still to me, but whatever. <laughs> I just I just hope they perfect the system and then just put it on the fucking console. Just give us an app that we can download from the eShop and just make it native. That, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, instead of making you use your phone, I don't know. Like, yeah, it works, but I don't know. It doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah, like, I like it as a companion app, but I don't like it as having to use it for fucking voice chat. Yeah. It's like, I like the companion app, app parts, the way they use it in Splatoon's pretty cool. Yeah. But I really like, if I'm going to be using it for voice chat, I prefer to just use Discord and, like, be in a server with my friends who are playing League or HOTS or whatever it is y'all are playing these days. Like, right. it's, it's, it's not great for jumping on and shooting the shit, which is what I like to do with voice chat in video games. Sure, and like you know, the 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 what like one or two times we've actually played Splatoon online together, it was so much easier to just put on Discord and sit with my laptop neck or my computer next to me 
and my headphones plugged in. Yep. All right. So the last item on our news list this week is going to take us into our meat and potatoes. Uh, but we're going to start here by kind of just breaking down the biggest announcements that came out of last week's Nintendo Direct. So uh, we got a release date and a ton of a ton of new footage for Xenoblade Chronicles 2, uh, which is going to hit Nintendo Switch on December 1st. Uh, Andy, as the, the only guy who's played Xenoblade 1, um, do you have any thoughts on this? It looks cool. Like, I'm into the setting. Um, I forget the dude's name who's, like, the head of the Xeno series. Like, uh, Xenoblade. Shulk? No, no, no. The guy who, like, runs them. Oh. Like, God. the real-life person. Shulk's the protagonist <laughs> yeah. of Xenoblade Chronicles. But, like, there's Xenoblade Chronicles, there's Xeno Gears, and Xeno Saga, I think, are all the same dude. Um, and it's just, like, different series as he bounces back and forth from studio to studio. The Xenoblade Chronicles 2 trailer looks dope. Um, I'm into the setting. I really like the changes it looks like they've made to the system to sort of allow you to bring your bench in as an assist on your main character. And that looked like a lot of fun. Um, the the floating island monsters look really cool. The fact that you have one of them who is a party member and also talks is awesome. I thought maybe, maybe for that direct, they spent too much time on Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Yes, they did. <laughs> but I'm into it. Um, it might end up on my Christmas list. It definitely seems like a big, meaty JRPG that the Switch needs. Yeah. You know? So I don't know if it's necessarily for me, but it's coming out right in time for me to fall into it after I finish finals this semester. Yeah, and just like in my little bit less than a month of Christmas break, where I don't want to do anything law related, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, so on top of that, we also finally got a release date for Skyrim on Switch, which is coming November seventeenth. I mean, what more can we say about Skyrim? It's Skyrim. Um, depending on how much it costs, I may or may not jump back into it a little bit. I could definitely see myself fooling around with it a little bit. I haven't played that game since it came out. Who's so throw fucking dumb, motherfuckers? It, com- yeah, it comes baby. with um, all the expansions, right? Yes. Okay. I believe Good. so anyway. Oh, I hope um, so. And then there's also like new Nintendo exclusive content. Like you can use the Amiibos and get the Zelda stuff right, in it right. or whatever. And that should be funny. Um, I think I'm going to play a, um, what are the, what are the lizard guys called? Argonians. Argonians. I mean, Argonian. I'll just wear, <laughs> wear full link, link clothes. <laughs> You'll just try to blend in. <laughs> yeah. If you're not playing a dark elf, you're doing it wrong. Sorry. Kajit has many wares. <laughs> Kajita's coin if you have wares. <laughs> I, I do like the Khajiit. Yeah, Khajiit are great. Um, you just run around as a cat man and punch everything with your claws. And just claw people. Yeah. No, what you gotta do is the first thing I ever did in Skyrim, my first playthrough was an Imperial. I sided with the Stormcloaks and Ulfric was such a dick about me being an <laughs> Imperial. But like, eventually was begrudgingly like, well, you're the goddamn Dragonborn, so. I guess it's cool. You're no Mirak. Whatever. Um, probably the biggest surprise of the Direct was that there are two more Bethesda games coming to Switch, which is Doom, coming sometime this holiday season, and then, uh, the brand new Wolfenstein 2, New Colossus, coming, uh, next year, sometime in 2018. That's the weird one to me. It's like, Doom doesn't, Doom was kind of a surprise, but it's not like... It's not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable, uh, but like, like, but the brand it's new kind Wolfenstein. of crazy, though, because that's only, like, a year old. Like, I know, like, it is way crazier that it's Wolfenstein 2, don't get me wrong. But, like, the fact that, like, both of those games can run on Switch is, like, a little surprising to me. Well, uh, Doom, I know, is super well-optimized and will run on basically any PC. 
Um, <laughs> so it doesn't seem like that much of a stretch to scale it back for the Switch. Yeah, and just make sure it's still locked at 60, I guess. Yeah. But Wolfenstein, on the other hand... Wolfenstein, on the <laughs> yeah, other hand, Yeah, that's a brand new fucking, fucking PS4 Xbox One game. Like, what the fuck? I mean, I'm excited. I don't think I'll get it for the Switch because, you know, it's a first-person shooter that I'm probably going to play on the computer. So, yep. um, But it's cool it's, it's there, you know? Yeah, it's just exciting. It's exciting to think that Bethesda might actually support the Switch. It's It seems like they are. Dude, because it's like... I think it would be really cool if they would port, like, Fallout New Vegas over. Oh, stop. Like, Please. That's a perfect I game for the pants. Switch. Oh, but... um, I would love that, and I feel like there's a couple games uh, like that. But, like, honestly, I don't know. It would be really cool if they made a Switch exclusive game. They can put Elder like, Scrolls Legends on it. Uh, I'll be happy. They, they, they could easily do that. <laughs> it's on my phone. Um, my phone actually plays that stupid car game, and now, like, if the Switch doesn't get it, I'll be, I'm just going to lose it, you know? Come on. <laughs> Uh, so then moving right along, we also learned that uh, Kirby's new game on the Switch is called Kirby Star Allies. We got some footage of uh, how Kirby's powers have changed, and uh, you can, like, kind of mix and match powers, like, a la Crystal Shards. And then there's, like, you have the ability to, like, um, get, like, I think it's three uh, different, like, minion kind of characters that you can, like, make follow you. And I think that they can be used as multiplayer uh, options as well. So um, that looks pretty cool. I'm excited to play that with Thompson on Pals Play. And then um, we got uh, some footage of the brand new 3DS Kirby game called Kirby Battle Royale, um, which is coming out in January 19th of 2018. And it's like a weird, like, Kirby arena fighter kind of game. But I don't know. It looks kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, so then we talked about this a little bit earlier, but we got a sizable update on Square Enix's still untitled Octopath Traveler project. Um, which is from the team who brought us Bravely Default. So, um, you know, check that out. Go download the demo. Andy liked it a lot. Oh, it's not called Octopath Traveler, huh? It's Project Octopath Traveler, parentheses, working title. I think it's yeah. going to end up as that, though, because it's like, there's so much talk around Octopath Traveler. It's like, yeah, I. it looks fine. just call it Octopath. But, I don't know, I would have liked to see them start with a good title, you know? Or, like, at least giving it to us now. Yeah. Like, I feel like at this point in the game, like, I've seen a lot. I'm hype. Like, I'm going to download a demo and play it. Like, I should know the name of the game. Yep. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> right? You think? Yeah. So then a super strange announcement Announcement for my money. Nintendo revealed the first MOBA that's coming to Switch, Tencent's Arena of Valor. Uh, for those who don't know, Tencent is the Chinese company that bought Riot, so they technically own League. But Arena of Valor is a, a mobile game that they launched, I think, like a year or two ago. It has 35 heroes, a couple different modes. Batman and Wonder Woman are playable characters Excuse in it. Excuse me? Oh my god, Sean just like shot up like a like a prairie dog. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah, Sean, go to go to arenaofvalor.com. Yeah. On the cover. That's weird. Like the front page of it, you see Batman. And Superman. And you see Superman also. Really? Yeah, he's on the Did bottom. add Superman? Yeah, he's right under Batman. I didn't see How him. How is that possible? Yeah. Must be... I don't know, man. Licensing agreements. Yeah, they're licensed. Like, they're, like, legit in the game. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman fighting a dude that looks like Garen and the Balrog from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, it, there's a beta coming to Switch, we've heard, but there's no firm release date. But, uh, I don't know. 
I might check it out. That can be fun. Yeah. Like, especially if I can play soups. Oh, definitely. Um, so then we also got the total bummer of an announcement that Mario Party, the top 100, which is a game. It's not a bummer. It's a great Oh, it's a bummer. We're going to argue about it. So it's a game that's going to have the top 100 Mario Party minigames from all 10 Mario Party games. Uh, and it's coming to 3DS instead of the perfect home for it, which is the Nintendo what? Switch. Not the 3DS is the perfect home for it. No, it should be on both. Why don't yeah. we just? Why not both? Come on. Why not both, Andy? Nintendo's trying to position the Switch as a home console, and the 3DS experience isn't a full Mario Party experience. It's literally just like, hey, I'm here. I bought this. You want to check it out on download play? And then you do the download play and you play like too many games and then you get your sandwich or whatever it is you're waiting for and put your 3DSs away. I mean, like, that's cool and everything, but in the same breath, it's like, come on, man. Like, that's such a good game. Like, that's such a good game for the Switch. You just pull out your four Joy-Cons, you sit down, you play fucking Fire Jump Rope and hate yourself. I don't know. Like, especially if they actually made it a real Mario Party game where there was, like, the board system from the first three good Mario Party games just with, like, all of the best, like, minigames peppered in. Like, man, I don't even, fucking kill for that on the Switch. I don't even care about the board. I, I would just take the minigames on the Switch. That's fine. You know, I don't know. You know, I was talking about it with uh, we we brought him up earlier. I was talking about it with a friend of the show, Jack Ryan, and he made a really good point, which is like I think that's one of those things that sounds really cool until you think about like a lot of the mini games are really thin, and I really think that like a lot of the tension comes from the fact that like you only get one shot at this thing to affect your overall score in the like board game itself, and like the bullshit system that is Mario Party's like giving out stars. Oh, I so, agree, but there's, like, 100 games, so, like, they might be really thin, but you're like, let's do all 100 games in one sitting, like, that could be a thing, you know, you could, let's, let's, you know, let's do the first 10, let's do the first 10 every night, or whatever, I don't know, like, you could, you could... Let's just play Tank Fighter from, from Mario I mean, Mario there's Party that, too. too, you find a few you like, there's gotta be something there that are, like, real hits for you, you know? Uh, but yeah, I just wish this was coming to the Switch. Yeah, like, me too. I get, I get where you're coming from, Andy, and I don't even disagree, just put it out on both. Yeah, I really think it should just be on both. I, uh, I see no reason to not, you know, do that. Nintendo oh. is trying really hard to not present the 3DS as a dead system, and I think having marquee 3DS exclusives is a good idea to do that with. I mean, yeah, I know, I just, but... Does it have to be a party game? <laughs> well, that's the thing, man. They got the Metroid, uh, you know, title on 3DS, and that proves it ain't dead. So I don't think this is a game that is, like, that's a draw, like, oh, man, this is going to prove it ain't dead. Like, the Metroid game proves that to me. So that's why I feel strongly that this could be on both, you know? We still also have uh, Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon coming, which uh, we saw some more stuff of that as well. We got a, a tease of the new two new Ultra Beasts, uh, as well as a look at some of the new locales that are coming to the updated version of the Gen 7 games, like uh, a forest filled with Pikachu and like a beach where you can go surfing, stuff like that. So um, that'll be cool. Uh, Minecraft is now on the new 3DS systems, which is crazy. It kind of never came out on 3DS before. Um, but yeah, the physical version's on the way. And, uh, we got another trailer showing off the Zelda Breath of the Wild Champion Amiibo series. And then, Just the um, Amiibos, though. None of the, like... Content of the game or a release date or anything. Yep. Which is super weird, but a thing. Uh, and then we also got the announcement of a new series called Arcade Archives on Switch, which is starting with Mario Bros, where Nintendo is going to be bringing back the arcade versions of some of their classic uh, franchises and games, which, um, you know, if you're not 
a, a gamer who has been to an arcade or you're too young for that or whatever, um, uh, most of the arcade versions of a lot of the classic Nintendo games are, are pretty different, you know? Um, specifically stuff like Mario Bros, Punch-Out, uh, there are some really notable differences. So this is the first time that these are ever going to be available in a non-arcade setting, um, which is really cool. But I wanted to ask, what do you guys think this means for the virtual console? Like, don't, don't you think these seem like a thing that just should be a virtual console game, not like a new series of games? I don't, because the, the name, you know, virtual console, right? It's a console title that you get differently. These yeah. these are, I mean, that's just how I see it, at least. I take them no, very right, literally. All right, all right. Um, you know, and these are arcade versions, like you said. They are slightly different or very different depending on their console release. So uh, you might have, I mean, I think it might make sense to say have this in the virtual console setting. You know, you could say like, download that's what i'm saying i yeah. mean you could do that for sure i guess but it, i i think it would be better separate because it uh really does you know feel like it's the arcade experience like it's something different you know you can't just get it to the virtual console you know yeah that's fair i i think that nintendo wants to bring out the virtual console in a way that um includes gamecube titles well that'd be interesting yeah, I really don't know much about virtual consoles like libraries. You think that's what they're waiting for? I, I think it is. I think they're waiting to... Because you can't roll out a GameCube virtual console without Melee. That's like the marquee GameCube title that people still play. Yeah, or like Rogue Squadron. You can't roll out <laughs> Melee without analog triggers. Right. And the Switch right now does not have analog triggers as a thing, so I think they're trying to work their way around that. I wonder. I really wonder if they're going to make the GameCube stuff um, docked mode only, and you're going to have to use a, the GameCube adapter. I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with that. Too, honestly, honestly, even if they just made Melee docked mode only, like I think Melee. Uh, I think they launched Fire Emblem: Path of Radiance, Mario Sunshine, Luigi's Sun- Mansion, Sunshine. Yeah, yeah, Sunshine probably would have to be docked only too, because I don't know how you control. Oh, true. Yeah, the flood. Unless you use the two joysticks. That'd be weird. Like, maybe that might be... I don't know. I think um, I think they're trying to figure that out, and I think once they do, we'll get, like, a big full virtual console release. I have a feeling that virtual console and video-on-demand stuff is coming to the Switch when they announce the paid version of the online stuff. Yeah. You know, when they finally debut that, I think it's all going to come at once. Yeah, that feels about right. Uh, all right, and then finally, uh, we got a ton of new footage of Super Mario Odyssey showing off some new worlds, and then the announcement of a new Mario Odyssey Switch bundle, which includes the game, a pair of Mario Red Joy-Cons, a Mario Odyssey-themed Switch carrying case, and uh, the they also revealed a set of uh, Mario Odyssey-themed wedding amiibo, which are Mario, Peach, and Bowser all in like wedding uh, attire, um, which I can't wait to see somebody put those on top of a cake. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, the bundle will be available on launch day alongside uh, Mario, no surprise, uh, October 27th. But uh, I got to say, the highlight of all this was, uh, and the internet freaked the fuck out about it, was Mario's nipples. Wait, what do you mean just the internet? What, you saying I, I can't <laughs> freak out about it too? I mean, me personally, no, I freaked the fuck out about it. Oh, I did. You're on the internet, aren't you? I freaked out about <laughs> it. They were beautifully not on done. the internet. Listen, you know, okay, so I, I take my nipples very seriously. You know, there's a lot of things that don't. <laughs> Uh, not mine particularly on my body. I mean, you know, like in general. Like, Nipples in my life. Um, well, in, can that be in, Thompson's in, like... nickname next week on the cast, guys? Robert, I take my <laughs> nipples who's... very seriously, Thompson. Man who takes nipples very seriously. Um, no, you know, like I watch a lot of anime and shit and like, you know, yeah, even like with... Nipples of, with nipples of gold. Where are you going the... with this? 
All right, let me finish. I watched a lot of anime. Let me finish. And yeah, yeah. Nipples are so, really so, important. So like, there's to a me. lot of things like that were weird design choices. Like in the new Berserk anime, there was a scene like they just just didn't have nipples on characters, and I remember seeing like that one thing, and that like kind of ruined an entire episode for me. And I was like, why do people do not do not draw? And, like it's flabbergasted. I saw this and I was like, that's perfect. That just looks so perfect. Like they couldn't have nailed like where they are on his body better and the coloring. It's just perfect, man. Nintendo, <laughs> like I've said this before to you guys, Nintendo knows their nips. You know, they really what? do. They, I said yeah. in, the, in, the, in the chat we have uh, when we first brought this up, you know, because I really, I, they did a great job. Good job, Nintendo. I appreciate so it. So my question is, yes. Link doesn't have nipples I know. in Breath of the Wild, but he has a belly button. I know. Mario has nipples, no belly yeah, button. It means he's not, he doesn't have a mother. Well, Mario's you know, a I'm, fucking clone, guys. I'm Mario yeah. is a test tube baby. I'm less like, you know, I don't care if the belly button exists or not. You know, he could be like Genova, you know, like friggin' space alien clone or some shit. I don't care. It's Kyle XY. Right. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. Um, But those nips, they're good. Let me tell you, they did it. <laughs> those nips they did it robert thompson 2017 <laughs> so uh there was some other trailers shown off and updates on things we already knew about like uh samus returns and all that kind of stuff but we've linked to the direct down below if you want to check it out for yourself or the trailers uh we got an ign article that kind of brings all the trailers together so you can go check those out for yourself um but that's going to take us into our meat and potatoes so six months into the nintendo switch lifespan it seems like nintendo's pretty much back on top here you know switch is still flying off the shelves 3DS is still a thriving ecosystem. Their toy business is booming. Um, they're finally starting to look for ways beyond video games to leverage their IP, uh, like all of their partnership with Universal on Nintendo World or Nintendo Land, whatever it's called. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys this week, what do you think about these Ninten these changes going on at Nintendo? Do you think this is like a natural response to the struggles that uh, they were seeing during the 3DS Wii U generation? Uh, is the company like finally listening to their very supportive and patient fan base? And uh, and then finally, like, do you think this is sustainable change? Is this a new Nintendo uh, that's like turned a corner and is making smart moves, or or are we just in an abusive relationship that's hit a good patch? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't think it's an abusive relationship. Uh, I think Nintendo has always. You know, um, maybe not listen to their fan base, but at the very least respected them. Uh, I know there was a when they released the NES um, back in the day, there was an issue with it, and they recalled like a bajillion of them and and spent a ton of money out of pocket. You know, just to say like we want to have goodwill with the the fan base. You know, we want to um, we don't want our product to be faulty, and if we take a hit now, it'll it'll serve us later to have you know goodwill. Um, and it did. You know, it worked, and I think that. While Nintendo does the things they do, um, and sometimes we we you know get a chance to like poke fun at like you know the the lack of stock or something you know or just pre order debacles or whatever you know they're relatively benign you know in that respect they they they're not a vicious company they 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 don't um, you know screw their fans over really um, and and I think honestly it, they they probably started listening for like the first time instead of just doing what they do which is great because doing what they do isn't necessarily bad even. Um, but adding in some of the fan support and some of the um, ideas that people have said, like, hey, this would make it better, you know? People aren't saying what you're making is bad, Nintendo, you know, but maybe they might be reluctant to work on something because it's what they do, right? Um, it seems like they're listening to the fans, you know? We're getting changes. Like, we made fun of the, uh, you know, the, the voice chat a little bit, you know, here and there, but, like, they are working on it. And 
you know, they're, they're reselling the NES Classic. They're saying they're going to sell the SNES Classic for God knows how long. It seems like they're doing good, you know? Yeah, I mean, to me, I think it at least seems like they're making an effort, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's like really, I think, all fans want. I don't think fans want a perfect product every time. I think people give I Nintendo... Do. Well, <laughs> some people do, for sure. I mean, but I think in particular with Nintendo, right? I think a lot of people do give a little bit more... Um, leniency for them because they are Nintendo and you know they like I said I, I do think there is the sentiment that people get the feeling that they're not like an evil company you know they're not trying to fuck you so we yeah I, I think you're right we talked about this in the past I think gamers are inclined to give Nintendo a pass on things we wouldn't give to other people because frankly like they mean something to us right you know like right. I think um I think a really it was a, a tweet that came out right before the uh, NX reveal when we find out found out the name about Switch and everything. And uh, Mike Drucker, who used to be uh, an editor over at IGN, but now works on like um, the the uh, one of the late night shows, Jimmy Fallon or something like that. Um, either way, he had this tweet where he said he's like Nintendo. He's like Nintendo. We can literally say the NX will be anything because we hold the keys to the only happy memories from your childhood. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. You know, like they they have garnered a lot of support over the years, and and like that shit is there for a good reason, you know um reputations are are everything in the gaming world sometimes and you know people can leave a company and say i'm gonna make my own entire game company i'm one person but you know like i made these games and people go oh shit you know i'm gonna throw money at you for this now because you're just you have your reputation behind you and nintendo has always tried to at the very least keep a good reputation even if they've made some fuck-ups along the way i don't think it was ever malicious you know they they don't seem to do that at least and I, I could be reading into it too much, and you know, I, I do I do criticize Nintendo a lot, but I because I believe in them, you know, I, I criticize a lot of companies like Ubisoft also, but it's because like I've seen what they do and I see how they operate and how they handle some things, and it's just like I don't agree with it, but I don't make the games, whatever. Nintendo seems to do a very good job at the very least, and I'm really excited and I'm really happy that like the Switch is as good as it is because I was so skeptical and like. Everything seems to be going good for them now, you know? Which is cool. It's good it's good to have uh like uh a monarch that is not abusing their power, you know? <laughs> like you know, it's it's like we said before with Sony, when they're in charge and they start getting lax and then shit starts going down the tubes again. And it's cool to see like Nintendo have the the crown again for you know, it's been a while. So games are great for it uh for the switch and even the 3ds and they're just doing good as a company you know like the day pokemon go came out like a year ago whatever they're fucking stock like sword you know so it's like people like whatever they do pretty much so to go off something thompson said there about how it's good to see a monarch not abuse their power i'm gonna put a call out to anybody who's good at art photoshop happens to be listening to our podcast I, Andy Brown, will shout you out on the next episode of the Video Game Pals if you give me a drawing or a Photoshop of Reggie fils <laughs> as the monarch from the Venture Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. And uh, Miyamoto as Dr. Girlfriend. I, I think Nintendo's success is good for gaming, um, just like any of the other, you know, Sony or um, Microsoft. It's all good for I gaming. I don't think Sony's success is good for gaming. <laughs> you are wrong. 
fucking Xbox. <laughs> Uh, Nintendo's success is probably best for gaming, just because I think more than any other uh, company, they have the ability to bring in every kind of audience, um, because they hit you in every way. Everyone knows Nintendo, everyone knows Nintendo's properties, Nintendo's characters are the most well-known characters in all of gaming, I don't think it's even close, and so when they're doing well, everybody's doing well. And it's good to see they are the success story that everybody wants to celebrate. And so when they're on top, that's great. When they're not on top, it's not great. Um, is it sustainable? Yes, of course it is. I think uh, if they're truly learning from their mistakes, which it appears that they are, because we're you know we just did an entire segment block about them improving on things that they've done wrong in the past. Everything about the Switch launch so far has shown. That they get it now. Um, will they get it forever? Who knows? But no company in the world does everything right every single time. So sure. right now Nintendo's on fire. I, I see this continuing. Um, and uh, I wish them the best. This is where PUBG goes on the Switch and everything, like, the stars align. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, They flip fuck. the fucking board off the table. <laughs> The Elder Gods rise this day because PUBG has hit the switch. Nintendo and Blue Hole Entertainment are allies. <laughs> to uh, to to pull off something that Sean was just saying, I I would agree with your statement that I think uh, a healthy Nintendo is important for the industry and more important than anyone else because I think uh, when you look at you know the three major console manufacturers, right? Like I, I love my PS4. Um, but the PS4 and the Xbox One are basically indistinguishable from one another. Basically. They're basically the same box with a different logo on it. And, you know, one of them just has better exclusives and the other one has better a UI. You know, and it's like, other than that, they do exactly the same thing. And a better They're controller. Not... Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll give it that. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. But, like, neither of them are particularly innovative. And it's it's really just a matter of, like, which flavor do you like more? And, like, both of those consoles are not anything new you know like there's nothing new about them you know I, I honestly think if you look at this generation like it's the first generation where you can say that there isn't anything like like what's the defining revolutionary thing that happened this generation and it's it's games as services you know it's it's games like that are like games like destiny like always on always surviving games like that and not anything that has to do with hardware you know it's not like oh like this was the first time that like you know we had good online infrastructure the first time we had a good online store that like proliferated indie games it's just kind of like an evolution of what was already successful and i think that's probably what we're going to see from them forever from now on is that we're going to see better boxes and boxes that are more like pcs and if those if one of those two companies fell away it would definitely be bad for the industry because we've seen what happens when sony gets complacent um and vice versa with uh, Xbox One's fumbling of this generation. But I don't think that either of... Like, if either one of those went away, they would just start competing with PC. And we would still have a, a box that does what we need to do. And, like, you look at what Nintendo is has always been trying to do, and it's push things forward. And while I don't think that the Wii U like, and motion controls, like, while it was successful and it, it had its moment in the sun... I don't think that was gaming's next great innovation. Obviously, the Wii U was, you know, them being overconfident in how much they had sold on the Wii. 
But I really think the Switch is a really big, meaningful innovation in, in the world of games and an evolution for, like, how handheld gaming can evolve and not only survive, but thrive. Dude, that's a, that just reminded me of something. Like, you know the Virtual Boy that came out, like, forever ago? And that, yeah. like, you know, shitty red VR headset? You'll, you'll notice, you know, Nintendo didn't fuck around with VR when everyone was releasing their VR. Maybe they were just like, eh, we tried that shit earlier. Because like you said, right, the innovation that they have, you know, they were trying to put that shit out ages ago when it was just clearly not doable, right? And that's like, it's not a bad thing, but the, like definitely Nintendo tries to push the bar, you know, and, and innovate and stuff. And like, they pretty much, uh, like, like you say, with the, the PlayStation and Xbox, right? There isn't too much about it that's groundbreaking besides the fact that they're powerful as hell. Uh, you know, they use motion control. Their controllers are exactly the same. Right. Well, they use motion you know? controls and stuff, right? And it's so, like the Wii did that, you know, and it's like, you know, this all a lot of stuff has been just pushed out through Nintendo. I mean, I remember being really young playing just an, uh, an NES and, and I was playing fucking Duck Hunt with a, with a gun, you know, like on the NES with a gun. That's crazy, you know? I, I mean, because back then, you just didn't have that kind of shit, really, you know? That was just so wild, well, like, you know? Things, things that are, like, seem novel now, but, like, they invented the the joystick. That's what I mean, yeah. That, that's you know? the kind it's of like, shit. Yeah, so I, I, I'm personally really happy to see them in a place where they're healthy because not only do I love their games, and when they make good hardware, I, I like their hardware quite a bit. Um, you know, I think Nintendo keeps us closer to our roots and, and keeps things about gaming alive and relevant that might fall away without them you know um you know like obviously zelda right like was kind of more like let's take zelda and and learn from other things that are around it i think like we're gonna look at mario and it's gonna be like wow like this is kind of like this is something that we don't get anymore you know and like them doing it is like it's still special it's still an event and I, I, I always want to see a healthy, independent Nintendo, um, as long as it makes sense for that to be the case. One of the things I think Nintendo is really good at, too, is giving you something you didn't know you wanted. So, like, even with Zelda, for me, I didn't know I wanted an open-world Zelda. You know, I just never thought of it. It didn't seem possible to me, because that's not how the Zeldas before played. Uh, like, not like this one, at least. You know, this one is just truly, like like he's, like Skyrim, you know, like... Putting those elements into, like, I think we said this before, like, this is one of the first times I, I was happy a game was influenced by Skyrim, you know, because, like, just so many things yeah. are. But I had no idea that I wanted that in Zelda, and it worked great. And it's just, you know, I'm, I'm happy because I didn't know I wanted that. It was a great surprise. And, it, and it's one of those games that I, every time I pick it up, I'm still kind of, like, surprised by it, you know? Uh, every, like. So I feel about arms. Yeah, I mean, it. Nintendo has that no kind of... No idea I wanted that. Yeah, Nintendo has that kind of... That touch, that magic to it, you know? There's there's some things that you can pick up from them that you always feel really, like, good about. Like, it always feels good to play that game. And they they have that special sauce sometimes, you know? Yeah, And they're, sure. they're good at making them, too. Um, and, yeah, I mean, to, to answer my own questions, I, I do think this is a kind of a natural response to the struggles they saw because, like, they saw that they needed to pull the plane up. But I think like they've done a really good job of listening to us and giving us things we want, but also giving us things you know that like we didn't anticipate. Like I, I ever since I heard the idea of the switch, thought it was absolutely the way to go. You know, like that is was such a clear path forward for Nintendo. Um, but I mean, they did so many things with it that I wouldn't have done. 
you know, like throwing the Joy-Cons on it and everything like that. That was something I was super skeptical about at first, but you know, it's it, it the proof's in the pudding for like how well the Switch works as a unit. And um, you know, I I I hope that Sean's you know point is right. I hope that this this change is sustainable because it sure seems that way. You know, I mean, it seems like they're learning from their mistakes. It seems like they're trying new things where it's appropriate and making safe choices where they need to. These are all like incremental improvements that we need. Nothing's just too crazy, but everything comes together so beautifully when they're doing it this way. You know, they're working on everything I can see. And that's like, I I joke about the audio thing before and and like, you know, I do think it'll come to a point where we'll be able to use it and it won't be like some stupid phone thing or whatever, you know, it won't be a punchline. Yeah, I don't think, I think all the punchlines of Nintendo are funny in the fact that like, they probably won't be a punchline soon enough. You know, one of the things about them is they, they do seem to fix their problems at least. So, I mean, some things are unfixable, but you know, they, they try. So, and some of Nintendo stuff is just like, all right, well, you're, you know, this is in your lane. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's kind of funny. And, you know, we, we get it, though. Like, they're in Japan. Things are different. They're not necessarily tuned in to what exactly we're doing here. You know, we make the Discord joke all the time. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, does that matter? No. It's irrelevant. Gamers are going to do what gamers are going to do. Um, but Nintendo is rock solid right now. And um, <clears throat> at this point, it's just about games. They've got the console. It's out. It's good. We know it. You know, it's just about games. Yeah. And if they can keep making good games. That's it. That's all they need to do. Yeah, dude. And I mean, like we said it when they announced the Switch. And but like you look at the pipeline, and the pipeline looks good. And the fact that all of their energy is focused on this this one thing, you know, maybe you know, I, like what do we think? another six months another year at the most before the 3ds really gets you know uh moonlighted and i feel like then everything goes on the switch right every single game that they would that they just announced that we're splitting up across two consoles is on one thing and when we get our smash when we get our pokemon like you know i mean the ball's in their court at this point they just have to not drop it well we're getting the online service too really soon right and like that's another thing to look forward to so um you know, the the things are on the horizon at the very least. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a great time to be a Nintendo fan. So I think that's going to wrap it up for the conversation here on episode 21 of the Video Game Pals. Uh, if you guys want to, you know, write in, let us know your thoughts on uh, what's going on over at Nintendo or any of the other news stories that we've talked about this week, you can send us an email at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. You can hit up at the Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold. Keep up to date with all the stuff we've got going on here at the Pals Network. Um, you know, go check out Pals Play, brand new today. If you're ever on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, all that shit if you haven't already. If you're not on YouTube, please go check it out. Let us know what you think if Let's Plays are your bag. Uh, if you're an audio listener, you can give us a like on your platform of choice. Jump, jump over to iTunes or you can give us a five-star rating if you think we're, we're – if you think we deserve it. Not for that. And, <laughs> <laughs> and remember, get me Reggie as the monarch. <laughs> yes. Get yeah, me Miyamoto yeah, as Dr. Girlfriend. Tweet at Tiger Millions underscore millions. Underscore there you millions. go. Underscore millions and uh, and send them that picture and we will. I'll make it the thumbnail next week if you send it. All right. Damn, that's some recognition <laughs> for you as an artist. We won't pay yeah, you, seriously. but we'll pay you in exposure. <laughs> we'll pay you in exposure and experience. I know it's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of the Video Game Pals. We will see you next week. Take care, guys. Peace. <laughs>